the godly soul and the animal soul are fighting over one thing, your body. Who will dictate the body? They're not just arguing about who, you know, has a voice. Like, oh, I also want a voice in politics. No, they want absolute control. They're two monarchs, or dictators, rather. They want absolute control. The godly soul wants that your mind and your heart, your actions, your words, your thoughts are vehicles for its agenda. What's its agenda? That the world goes around God. It's all about him and his will. The animal soul wants something else entirely. The animal soul wants that the world surrounds you and your personal agenda. It doesn't mean you're always going to act like an animal. Sometimes you'll act spiritual, but it's all for selfish pursuits. Irony is, a person could have a very so-called spiritual experience, but if it's all about them, it's the animal soul, not the godly soul. I'm feeling like I'm in the clouds. I'm feeling so in love with the universe. Great. Doesn't mean it's a godly soul. There's a great story about a Jew who had two Pesach Seders, like all of us. The first Pesach Seder, first night, he sits down, does all the meditations, flying high in the sky, spends the whole night on the Seder. The next day he falls asleep and his nap goes a bit too long and he wakes up and it's already close to midnight. And he right away jumps out of bed and does a Seder in a few minutes and he's feeling devastated. A few days later he goes to his Rebbe, a story that happened in the shtetl. He goes to his Rebbe, and the Rebbe looks at him and says, the first Seder, eh, yeah, this Jew was climbing heavens. The second Seder was beautiful. Why? Because the second Seder wasn't about him. He was having the Seder not because he was enjoying it. He wasn't. He was having it because that's what God wants. And fundamentally, that's the idea that uh, Tanya wants us to understand about the godly soul. It's not about us. The godly soul wants us to love God in the most intense kind of love. He explains there's two kinds of love. There's the fiery love and the love that's like water. Fiery love is passion, it's excitement. Water, on the other hand, I'm not talking about like when it's you know, chaotic in the ocean. I'm talking about when it's a peaceful ocean. It symbolizes comfortable love. Love that comes from fire is when I feel far from God and I have this passion to come close. But at some stage, the relationship becomes like water. And by the way, that's an interesting analogy for how a marriage advances as well. A marriage starts off it's two people that are two different planets. So yes, there's a lot of excitement and infatuation, but it's like fire. It's two different people. Eventually, the, the marriage might not be as exciting, but it's a much deeper level of love. It's water. And that's what often happens in our relationship to God as well. How do we achieve such levels of love? Not only by dominating our animal soul, but actually using it using the animal soul. The animal soul has incredible strengths. The animal soul has passion and excitement and feelings. It's a full universe. And the goal is not to negate it, but to actually 
transform those things, but instead of chasing animalistic pursuits, to chase godly pursuits. And Rabbi Steinsaltz, in his translation of Tanya, offers a very interesting analogy. He says, how can you change a animal pursuit into a godly pursuit? He says, let's think about sports. When people don't play sports, but they're massive fans of a sport team. And you could use the analogy for many other things. Political teams, and even your favorite celebrity. What is a team? It's a very abstract concept. It's a group of people who signed a contract together. They became a team. They're under a brand that for some reason 20 years ago you decided you love that brand. And now if they win, you're literally feeling happy biologically. And if they lose, you could literally feel sad in a very tangible way. Now think about that's a very abstract concept. And yet... Billions of people around the world are able to feel real things in this abstraction. So you can see that biologically we're not only geared to, to love things that are tangible, we're geared to love things that are intangible. So take that intangibility, that abstraction, and now translate it to God. In other words, if you see within yourself that you're able to love and feel passionate about something that logically makes no sense but even if it does make sense that's not the point the point is it's not tangible you have to use an incredible amount of abstraction abstract thought and yet you still love i love her that uh, princess i love um that celebrity i love that actor that actress that, like they don't know you exist and yet you love them and it's a very abstract thing what do you love about them? you love an image about them but it's not real so too, you can translate that exact love to godliness. Just take the energy of the animal soul and ch channel it to the best way possible.